Good evening, everybody, and welcome to episode 10 of Wilbur Talks FPL. I'm actually on 10, double digits now. Podcast where we talk everything FPL and the Premier League in general. So welcome back. A, no, a nice standard week where we haven't got to worry about international break, so we're back in the flow of it now. And a pretty low-scoring week in general across FPL, I think, but I was more level with everyone this week compared to previous weeks, so... Hopefully everyone's kind of semi-happy after the performance this week and we'll get into our performances as we get into the pod and I'm welcoming back Charlie and Sam again this week. Are you both doing well? Yeah, all good, thank you. Yeah, very well, thanks mate. Good stuff. And I think we have to start with the fixtures just gone and the first fixture of the week was actually Charlie's team. I swear, like, Arsenal, it's either the first game or the last game every single week, um, Arsenal at the minute. So I'm going to let yeah. Charlie take us away and let us know what he thought of his side performance again. Yeah, I could start getting used to this, really. So it's two two weeks in a row, Arsenal first game on a Friday night and, and a nice win to kick... Oh, no, it was Saturday, I suppose, but first game and starting the weekend off right. Um yeah, it was, a, it was very strange, to be honest, I, mostly because of Leicester. And, you know, uh, I think we said on last week's pod, we're not quite sure how this game was going to go because both teams are so kind of um, anything could happen and, and it just depends on which two teams show up on the day. Um, but Leicester just seemed to effectively approach it in a very similar way to, to Aston Villa did. And unsurprisingly, the exact same thing happened. Arsenal went a couple of goals up fairly early on and fairly easily without any reply from Leicester. Leicester didn't offer very much at all in, in, in the first half. Um, and I wouldn't say Arsenal were necessarily that that amazing. They were they were okay. And I think the thing that, that pleased me most about the first half was uh, in those sorts of situations where the other team's not offering much and, and ultimately we're just getting the ball back every time we want it, we don't often make use of that and it's really nice just to see us actually play well and create things and score chances which is I think in large part down to the form of the likes of Smith Rowe and and Lacazette as well and and the the quality of the the players around the front that that seems to just be gradually getting better and better which which is obviously a really good thing to see um second half it changed a little bit it Leicester switched to a back four which definitely worked a lot better for them they were able to put a lot more pressure on the ball and and kind of step up a lot more um but yeah ultimately they still didn't really create a lot and of course we're gonna have to talk about Ramsdale um the guy that probably everyone's been talking about a lot over the weekend and and particularly one one specific save against James Madison um, but actually, if if anything, I think the thing that most impressed me about Ramsdale's performance was his distribution. Um, it's it's slowly starting to be a thing that people are picking up on, but he pinged so many passes to like halfway line or, or further completely accurately that it, it, I've I've never quite seen a goalkeeper for Arsenal do that. Obviously, we we know the likes of Allison and Edison have have got that in their locker. Um, but yeah, it's it's just another tool to the to the armory that's really interesting to see us be able to use. Um, and then when you can you know pull out performances like he did as well in terms of saves, then um, 
yeah, it's starting to look like we've got a really, really good goalkeeper on our hands, which a lot of people, including myself, didn't necessarily think um, was going to be the case. So, yeah, all round um, good performances. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of tentatively excited about how, how it's progressing, but I'm under no illusions that, you know, that the next sort of stretch of run of, of games coming up, we've, we've got Watford next, but then after the international break, we've got some tough games coming up, um, including Liverpool and, and I, yeah. Uh, I'm not necessarily at the point where I think we're going to be able to get anything out of those kind of games, but I'm pleased to at least be putting away the sides that we that we traditionally haven't always, even though we felt like we should. Yeah, I feel like Leicester are a strange team this season. I don't know if it's because they've got Europe as well. Just never know what's going to turn up on the day, so definitely a good result winning away at Leicester. And I think kind of what you were touching on in Ramsdale, I think a lot of people laughed at Arsenal a bit when they paid that fee for a keeper they thought was going to be a backup goalkeeper kind of to Leno but it's just not turned out that way and I was going to make a point about that distribution as well I think I saw some analysis where I saw one in particular where he just like drilled it to, like, to the centre circle to like a Bamiyang or someone it's like a perfect inch perfect pass to him in the centre circle so like you said and when you've, when you've got the players in that front three, for mm. example, with like Saka, Bamiyang, and so on, that can really make use of that on the counter and Smith Rowe as well. They're all very quick players, um, so that that yeah, just works perfectly for it to setting off a counter, um, particularly in a game like that where for so so much of that first half, all of Leicester's players are, are behind the ball, or the majority of them are behind the ball. In, when you're in that one situation in your own half at, at a goal kick situation or, or, or whatever, you're just able to bypass so much of their midfield and get in behind. So, yeah, it's a really powerful um, powerful weapon, I think. Yeah, you effectively beat the press, don't you? It gives you a bit of a different yeah. way to go about it. Like, sometimes a long ball is a good ball. So sometimes got to be done, especially against those pressing teams. So, yeah, as you said, positive signs, but we'll see how you go further on. I'm not sure if you'll be recommending any... Um, Arsenal assets still throughout the game, but Smith Rowe has done well the last few. We will see. So I think we'll move on to Sam's team. What did you make of your two-two draw against Brighton, Sam? Uh, yeah, I was expecting us to have a comfortable win against Brighton, to be honest. But um, definitely a bit of a disrespect there to Brighton, who were very, very good on the day and deserved at least a point. If not, they could make a good, good case based on the second half performance in particular. They could have got all three. Um, Liverpool were fantastic for the first opening half an hour. Um, could have been 3-0 up, had a goal correctly ruled out for handball. Um, then Brighton got one back. It was a little bit of a, a weird one. I think the ball was probably a little bit in the sun, but it can't really take too much away from uh, from the finish. It was a good strike nonetheless. Second half, straight out of the blocks. Salah has a goal disallowed for offside. And from that point on, it was all Brighton, all game. Um, they dominated us for the last half an hour of the game and uh, thoroughly deserved to get something out of it. Um, but yeah, no, it was it, it was quite, quite strange, really. Coming off the back of the Manchester United thrashing, if you just said before the Manchester United and the Brighton fixtures that we were going to get four points out of the two, you probably would have been... Uh, maybe okay with that um just in the manner that we've gone about getting four points out of them doesn't doesn't quite feel like uh such a positive outcome but uh no overall uh listen we're not going to win every game in the season brighton are certainly uh in the top half of the table uh, from what i've seen so far this season in terms of form um and play quality so uh yeah a little bit disappointed but 
certainly not the end of the world when you put things into perspective. Uh, Shane Navigator had to go off injured. And uh, we are going to be pretty thin on the ground in terms of bodies if we carry on picking up injuries at the rate we are, especially when uh, Salah, Mane, Matip, and uh, if he's fit, Kater go off to AFCON in January. So slightly less positive than uh, than last week, but certainly uh, no time to panic and helped out massively by Crystal Palace getting some points at the Etihad as well. So uh, yeah, overall, not a great week, not a terrible week. Because you've got an extreme high, haven't you? Obviously, Old Trafford, like, like you said last week, one of your best results ever, you'd say, from a Liverpool point of view. So there's always going to be some kind of drop-off. Even if you beat Brighton 1-0, it's probably not going to be the same impact as that. But like you said, you can't win every game. And I feel like Brighton had a bit of a point to prove after getting a bit of a thrashing by City the game before. But yeah, fair play to them. They did well. I think you've linked me in quite nice as well there, Sam, to the Man City game. As you mentioned, you're happy about that result. Did you see yeah. much of that City game? And what did you think of that one? Um, I didn't actually watch the game. Um, I didn't actually watch it back. I was in uh, a little bit of a down mood after uh, after the Liverpool result. But um, no, to be fair, credit to Crystal Palace where it's due. I watched uh, Match of the Day for a majority of the highlights. And uh, from what I saw, you know, Palace were Palace really turned it on. I think it was just one of those days, and we've all been there, when you're... If you're in Man City's camp or whether you're in United's Arsenal or Liverpool's camp respectively, where something's just not clicking and they they get a goal and you just think this isn't going to be our day, then you go down to 10 men and it's just like the problems continue to accumulate for Man City just over and over and over again. Um, but yeah, I mean, when you, when you think about putting our result into context, uh, it's probably not too bad to come out of it with a point because things that City didn't, so... Um, an unbelievable result. Fair play to Palace. Um, from what I saw, they thoroughly deserved it. Yeah, I'd say likewise. I, I think kind of what we were touching on in, in the Arsenal game, I thought Palace pressing City was quite impressive. They seemed to press at the right times and it's kind of how they got their first goal and the um, Laporte red card. And I think that Laporte red card was at the perfect time for them. Just just when you thought City could go big in the second half and then Laporte gets that red card at the end of the first. So. Yeah, fair play yeah. to Palace. It's... I'm thoroughly pleased to be able to set, to hold my hands up and say I got Palace very wrong with relegation mm. fodder. Um, so uh, yeah, fair play to Palace. They've uh, they've really sorted their act out. So uh, good luck to them for the rest of the season. Yeah, I think definitely one of the surprise packages this season so far. I think we had the hesitation about the new manager about his experience in the Premier League, but he's done something nice and refreshing with the team really from what Roy Hodgson had before so it's good to see and it's quite nice attractive football that they're playing so long may it continue we might actually have a few viable Crystal Palace options so we shall see so if we kind of move on to the third of the title challenges and I'll give this one to Charlie did you see well I'm sure there's a certain hole in there that we might be talking about from Reese James but did, what did you make of Chelsea with their three 0 win against Newcastle? Yeah, it was it was very dominant, really. I think the scoreline says exactly what happened. Um, and yeah, it's quite funny, really, because obviously we flagged those three games of, of all the types of challenges, expect them all to pick up comfortable wins, um, and this was the only one really where it looked anything like that. And yeah, I, I just think Newcastle didn't offer anything at all. It was quite lacklustre but then I guess to a certain extent how much can they can they offer but then I guess when we see the performances that 
for example, Palace put in there and, and Brighton as well. That does raise a couple of questions, but yeah, Chelsea were just. I think the quality just showed it was um, exactly what the table reflects. It was a title-challenging team against a relegation-threatening team. Um, and yeah, as you alluded to, I'm very happy that um, Rhys James picked up two goals. It's, it's been very odd the way that you know. I think it's for quite some time Lukaku's been str- struggling for goals, and Timo Werner's been off and on, and it's these wingbacks that seem to be getting all the goals, it, it must just be the way that the, the system's set up because they just get in the perfect position to be able to, it's that extra person, I think. I think it's this, the extra sort of stretch of the likes of Lukaku holding up the ball and um, obviously he's injured now, but whoever's playing that position, so Havertz, for example, um, that just leaves that extra little space for the for the fullbacks to get round and, and shoot. So we've seen Chilwell get quite a lot of goals in succession and now we're seeing Rhys James as well. So when we come to the fantasy part side of it, I, I think both can now be viewed as good options despite the potential um, rotation for, for either. Yeah, I think before this week as well, everyone was talking up Chilwell and kind of forgetting about Rhys James because he had, or what people thought, a, bit, like a bigger chance of being rotated. But obviously that's kind of bit everyone in the backside of saw a lot of people do the actual sideways move of Rhys James to Chilwell, which obviously you still get the clean sheet and I think he, did he end up getting eight points? So we still got a good asset there in Chilwell, but this week I think a few people got caught out by Reese James. We're also recording on Champions League night as well, and the Chelsea have actually just played in the Champions League, and that game they've just played Malmo away was very similar to that Newcastle game where they just had all of the play away from home and have won 1-0. And just as a note in that game, Alonso and Aspilicueta played fullback and Chilwell and... James didn't play any minutes at all so you'd expect them to be straight back in at the weekend so both of them viable options as we said going forward I'm not going to speak about Havertz as much as being about a viable option but he did get an assist so <laughs> it's better than last week um, so I will touch on the Man United result obviously I'm not obviously it's a big bounce back from going losing 5-0 against Liverpool and then winning 3-0, that's a bit of a bounce back completely there. I'm giving some credit to the players, of course, 3-0 away at Spurs is good, and you can't complain about that, and Ollie doing his best Conte impression, definitely going to five at the back. <laughs> I've seen a lot of images going around with that meme. Um, but yeah, away at Spurs 3-0, it was one of them funny games I was watching, because I was like, obviously I want my team to win, but then at the same time, I don't particularly want Oli to be our manager, so it was, it was funny turning that game on, but obviously delighted with the result, and United are also playing now, and they're playing five at the back, sticking with a five at the back in the Champions League, so it looks like five at the back might be the in thing for Oli to try and keep his job, but we'll see how that one goes, but yeah, can't complain about 3-0 away, but in fairness, Spurs are absolutely dreadful, I thought we were bad, and then I saw Spurs, but the five at the back definitely helped. So having Varane back in that starting lineup, you could see his leadership and directing people around. And I think we will talk about Spurs when we get to the second half of the pod, as we've got a new manager in charge as of today with Conte, which I've seen quite a few Man United fans unhappy about at the same time because he was one of the ones rumored to be coming in potentially for Olivier Went. So we've seen. Well, a lot of the discussion has now been that 
<laughs> we can't replace Ollie because there's no other options. So we go round and round in circles like that one. But we'll touch on Spurs when we get to the second part of the podcast. Was there any other results we kind of want to touch on, guys? Any like standout results that you saw outside of the ones we've touched, touched on already? I think we have to give a mention to to Burnley, and that's I'm probably going to be the only time I say that this <laughs> season. But um, yeah, t- turning over Brentford like that, and we've seen how good Brentford have been this season, and and how they give they've given a lot of the big sides some trouble. Um, and 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 just a point generally as well, actually, because I sort of refresh myself on some of these games um, with with the highlights before the podcast, and, and so many of the finishes this weekend were really good. I'd highly recommend if you've got the time just to go through all of the the highlight videos on um, Sky Sports, uh, the football channel, because it's <laughs> yeah, there was so so many good high quality finishes, and in this game in particular, actually. So Chris Woods, um, his opener was a really great first-time finish. The Brentford goal as well was a very good finish. And yeah, it, I think particularly Corne kind of interests me as, as a signing for Burnley because he doesn't really fit the mould. It kind of reminds me of the St. Maximan to Newcastle kind of thing and, and this one kind of flair player amongst the team of that's really kind of playing a more defensive and, and 4-4-2 traditional English style. Um, but he does seem to be working for them, and, and he obviously got the goal here. He, he's picked up a few goals so far. Um, I think that's maybe just the right sort of direction to start get, being a bit more progressive. We've obviously seen how defensively they've struggled, and that's definitely going to be something they need to address. But it it is interesting just seeing how this extra bit of flair added into the team actually turns what's quite a um, defensive and, and a, a team that has sort of lack, a lack of output um, into someone, a team that can actually be a bit more exciting to watch. And Chris Wood's quite a reliable goal scorer. It doesn't tend to score really high numbers, but usually around double digits most seasons. And that kind of combination can work well enough to keep them up. And that is, I think, all they can really hope for most seasons at the moment. And, and, they seem to be, seem to do it, and as I say, yeah, turning over Brentford is is no mean feat. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to call that game out. I think. Yeah, definitely a good one to pick out that first half of them. They're just well, probably the best Burnley football I've ever seen in the Premier League. I think <laughs> I think they even had another goal ruled out. It could have easily been four or five in that first half, just absolutely trouncing them. And I think it's the first time we've seen a bit of flexibility in the four four two tactic because the. the they're trying to go between like a four four two and a four three three at times because they're trying to get that corner and um, Dwight McNeil a bit further forward from what I've seen. So I've actually seen a bit of change in tactics from Deitch, which we've not seen. It seems to have been a bit stubborn. I think it was actually his nine was it his nine year anniversary with Burnley on that day as well. Um, I don't know. Is he still? It must be the longest serving manager in the Premier League. Is he? I can't imagine there's anyone else out longer than that. Yeah, I think so. But yeah, nice to see a bit of change there. But one to look out for, yeah, I've also been looking at Cornet as a possible one. I think it's around the six million mark. But it's if you just have the same kind of image in your mind, don't you? It's like a Burnley player. You just unless you're on like a double game week or not, they're not normally tempting you in. But it's definitely one to watch out for there. Was there anything outside of that you wanted to touch on, Sam? Any other fixtures? We've also got a live score update that Man United are currently 1-0 down in the Champions League. Fantastic. 
Not a surprise. Well, <laughs> surprise, surprise. Um, now, West Ham, to be fair, uh, brilliant result away at Villa, 4-1. Uh, they just continue to just rack up points, rack up wins. And, uh, yeah, we've kind of run out of superlatives to talk about West Ham so far this season. But I feel like you're constantly waiting for them to sort of slip up almost or it feels like there should be a retraction at some point but they are really they really do look like they could be the real deal and we we're talking in the first couple of weeks about how when they get involved in Europe how that might really trouble them and whatever but the similar 11s playing Thursday Sunday you know Thursday Monday every week and uh, they're really keeping it up at the minute so uh, fair play to West Ham I can't believe they scored four goals and Antonio didn't contribute in any of them though it's unbelievable <laughs> Anyway, I think he got two assists of the assist, which yeah. is just standard yeah. FPL for you, isn't it, really? Yeah. Uh, I think it's going to be very interesting with West Ham. Well, I think they've won three out of three in the Europa League, so they're kind of guaranteed to get through the group. Well, that one more positive result out of three, so it's very much guaranteed. be interesting when it gets to the knockout stages how serious they take that, because you could argue them winning the Europa League is a better chance of them getting in the Champions League than in the league. And I think they'll have to make that decision at one point because I don't think their squad is as strong as it like it needs to be to compete on those different competitions. So it'll definitely be one for them to look out further down the line. I think but, definitely when yeah when the bigger teams start dropping down to yeah. the Europa League, that, that's when it's going to get tough for them to keep keep it up. But then you might say that that's what all of this good stuff now is for, is it kind of puts them mm-hmm. ahead enough so that they can drop back a little bit. Um, but actually also from that game, I just wanted to pick out Aston Villa and how their defence just seems to have fallen off a cliff. Um, mm-hmm. But at the beginning of the season, they weren't too bad. But ever since, it's quite ironic, ever since that United game, they've seemed to have, you know, they, they did well in that game and, and Martinez's... Uh, certain tactics against Ronaldo in, for the penalty and, and everything and Fernandez. Um ever since then they've they have really stopped in conceding quite a few goals. Um and it is just yeah, picking up my my attention fancy wise as being interested in, in players playing against them because um yeah they, they seem to be despite uh, having a keeper that we all know has got great quality, they they seem to just be um conceding a few goals. So I wouldn't be completely surprised if we saw some kind of uh, Livermento return this weekend. I also had a team that I was thinking about defensively not being very stable. I think it's a good point about Villa as well, but I was thinking Everton recently. We saw them get concede five to Watford. I don't know if you caught the, the Wolves game yesterday as well. Like Wolves could have easily been 5 nil up at one point in that first half. And then second half, they played a lot better. Everton, so, somehow Fabian Delph actually changed the game. I don't think I've really said that ever. But <laughs> Everton, I think it could be one to be targeting. I'm surprised how open they've been for a Rafa team. But that's just one to look out for. You, I think you'd expect them to tighten up at some point based on the manager they've got. But it might be the fact that they're missing a few players that's just not working for them at the minute. But like I said, they didn't really get back into it in the second half. But it's another one to look out for defensively. I think that's a good coverage of the fixtures we had. It was good to see Rafinha back doing well for Leeds as well, I'm sure. A few of us were happy about that. So if we just touch on how we did in the game week, I'll let you go through. Go for it. Go first, Sam. 
how did you get on in FPL this week? Uh, yeah, another pretty good week. Uh, 57 points against an average of 42. Um, pretty pretty solid week overall, I would say. Uh, Mendy with a clean sheet. Chilwell, clean sheet. Liveramento, clean sheet. Uh, Rafinha with a nice uh, contribution against Norwich. Uh, Salah with the assist uh, in the Liverpool-Brighton game. And then Jimenez uh, bagging a goal yesterday as well was uh, much appreciated. So yeah, 57 points overall. Pretty happy with that. Good return in what I think is generally one of the lower scoring weeks of the last few. Um, so uh, yeah, happy to uh, happy to get above average. I always class that as the benchmark as to how well you've done over the course of the week. Um, I actually think 57 is a decent score. So yeah, pretty happy with last week. Yeah, just looking at, like you said, it's also quite a decent amount over the average. And I was looking at your rank as well. You've actually gone up in rank. Which are... So close to the top 10,000. I know, like 10,000. So close. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so <laughs> because close. Because I think I looked at like live ranks of us all before the Wolves game. And I think you yeah. dropped down a bit before the Wolves game. And obviously, yeah, that's it. propelled you back up there. So 2,911th in England. Nice. Oh, different gravy, that. <laughs> Touching distance. Yeah. He's getting to his head yeah. now. Watch out. <laughs> No, we're only as good as the last week. Don't worry about that. Yeah. We know where we are. We're very grounded in uh, in our team. We're very grounded at Long Madras. <laughs> in fairness, I think both of you are doing pretty damn well. So if we move on to Charlie's there. How did your week go, Charlie? Yeah, yeah, really well. Um, finished on 61 points. So very, very slowly chipping away at Sam's lead. Um <laughs> Just needs yeah another ten weeks like this, and then I'll be in and about the uh, fighting for the title. Um, yeah, but basically as as good as it could have. The only error I made was starting Foster ahead of Ramsdale, which on reflection obviously turned out to be a very poor mistake. Um, but in fairness, Ramsdale probably had the game of his life, so I, I don't think um, I necessarily could have called that. I just felt there was enough to back the potential um, Watford clean sheet over an Arsenal one but I've, I guess I've got to start believing in my own team a little bit more um, the double city defence is starting to concern me a little bit um, yeah I don't know it's one of those where I feel like there are there's going to be periods where they do really well and there's going to be periods where they don't and it, it just feels like they're being, they've been conceding a few too many for me at the moment so I think I mentioned it before, it's, it's on my mind that I could potentially move down to one and if so, it would probably be Diaz leaving because I just like the attacking threat of Cancelo and, you know, even the difference in potentially a benching. But I, yeah, as we've talked a lot about, I, I still think Cancelo is such a good option. Um, obviously, Reese James massively improved the score with his um, two goals. Um, got got a bit lucky with Mount who didn't start and then I meant that um, Livermento came off the bench for me I've got to learn my lesson eventually he's going to play next week so I'm not going to be benching him anymore um, for those kind of games and yeah just a few sort of individual contributions from Saka and Rafinha just helping uh, yeah push push the numbers up so yeah pl- pleasing uh, week all round really that's what Livermento is there for, though, isn't he? He's like everyone's favourite bench player just to get on with the point. So can't be complaining about that. I saw you'd gone up. I can't remember what your rank was. I just had it up, but you've gone up in the rankings again. Was it about 30-odd-K you're at now as well, Charlie? Yeah, I'm uh, about 34-K at the moment. Yeah, so you're both going strong. I might not touch on my rank increase. Um, 
But yeah, for my week, well, two points above the average with 44. Not much to write home about here. Very similar to you guys, Livermento, Rafinha, Salah captain, and then a lovely Havertz assist that we've been waiting two weeks for. But apart from that, strikers all getting two, exactly what you want. So not really much. At least we were not playing catch-up again by well playing catch up on YouTube but at least it wouldn't be on the average, let's say that. Um and the only points I really missed out on was Ben Rammer on the bench. I had a benching dilemma and typically he'd like he's the assist he got as well, he squared it to Rice on the edge of the box. <laughs> it was like the most not I'm not gonna say lucky, but he didn't have to do much for that assist. <laughs> um but yeah like we said, Antonio avoiding the points and then all the other attackers picking up points so typically there yeah and I think my rank went up by about 10,000 but when you're over a million 10,000 isn't much of a percentage change so <laughs> a lot of work to be doing on my rank but nice and early in the season so like I said it's positive yeah. more positive week than it was last week so um we will go from there and hopefully make some inspired moves in the weeks to come so with that wild card up I sleep still at one point but one of the reasons I was keeping a wild card as well was because of the Club World Cup, which is now being delayed from December to January, which is just typical. So I can't. I was trying to like have an optimal strategy around making sure I had no Chelsea players for that run because they'll be away at the Club World Cup. But now that's gone to part, so <laughs> we'll work on a different strategy to use that one the best. But we'll see how that one goes. But yeah, you're both going strong. Good to see it. So we're kind of at the natural midpoint, so I think it's quiz time, guys. If your brains are clocked in. I feel like we need a jingle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We do need good. some jingles and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that would be cool. So for my, for my memory, Charlie won last week. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, so I've got it. I'm to Charlie because I remember whoever, because we had to go to a tiebreak the last two weeks. And whoever guesses first somehow has the advantage because it kind of gets in the other person's mind when it comes to points. Because we was like, we was like, we've had Bonner last week, weren't we? Yeah, something like so, that. Well, hopefully you don't draw again. But we are going back to the trusty, in my opinion, my favourite version of the quiz, where you have to guess the player, basically. I'm sure you guys can remember how it worked. So if you get it by me giving you their points... For the last three fixtures, you'll get three points. Then I'll give you the fixtures. You'll get two points. And then I'll give you a final clue, which hopefully should give it away a bit even more. And you can get one point for that. I'm pretty sure you can remember how it's done. We're both yep. good with that? Yep. All right, so seen as Sam lost last time, we better let him go first this time to try and get in Charlie's head. All right, <laughs> so we shall start. Can find him. There he is. Right, so your first player, Sam. In game week eight, he scored two points. In game week nine, he scored 13 points. And in game week 10, he scored nine points. Okay. Interesting. I'm not gonna lie. I think I've I've turned up the difficulty level slightly this time because I won't want you to win. <laughs> yeah, that is tricky. 
Um, well, I know Rafinha scored nine points this week. I know Jimenez scored nine points this week. Um, I don't know. Let's go for... I can't think. Did Jimenez get... Thir- no, I would have known if he got 13 points. <laughs> oh, Rafinha, I don't think Rafinha played. I don't think he's right, but I'll guess Jimenez. No, that's incorrect. So the fixtures this player played. So in game week eight, to get two points, they played Crystal Palace. Game week nine, to get 13 points, they played Aston Villa. In game week 10, to score nine points, they played Leicester. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> I think I know who this is. This is uh, Emil Smith-Rowe. That is correct. I didn't want to give it to Charlie because I thought we might get it and get three points for a first guess. You're going to get a Liverpool player here, Charlie. Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure I would have got it. Well, I think by the by the time that you worked out it was Arsenal, but I don't think I would have got it first time just because I've tried to stick my head in the sand about Smith Rowe because I've got Saka. <laughs> yeah, you might. Yeah, you might have. I think it was good that Sam got the nine points, but then you were struggling, weren't you, with the game week nine to work out who would have got 13 points before that. Yeah. Right, so we'll go to Charlie for the next one. So your player, Charlie, in game week eight, scored one point. In game week nine, scored 15 points. And in game week 10, scored 10 points. What on earth? One, 15, 10. <laughs> Um, okay, so I think we could. That's such a strange number, 11510. <laughs> um, I thought these first two were nice number spreads. Yeah. I think we could probably rule out a goalkeeper or a defender. There happens some quite high scoring defenders, but I don't think 15 and 10 in detective game week. Um, 15 and... to get 21, didn't he? So you do get high scoring defenders as your team found out this week. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, 15 and 10 in consecutive weeks. Though. Um, okay, 15 and 10. I'm th- I think I'm working on the assumption that's a midfielder, maybe. Does that add up? I'm not sure. Um, I'm not even sure who got, I'm trying to use Sam's logic, who even got 10 points. I don't think anyone in my team got 10 points. Um, I'm going to go with, I don't even, I can't even make a reasonable, <laughs> educated guess. I'm, I'm going to go Zaha. No, that's incorrect. Okay. So you're playing in game week eight just to score one point was playing against Man City. Your player in game week nine to get 15 points played Southampton. And your player in game week 10 to get 10 points was playing Brentford. Okay, so it's a Burnley player. Well, that's... I don't know if there's any of them that are capable of getting that other than Corne. So it's got to be Corne, unless it's Chris Wood, but I don't remember him getting much last week. So yeah, I'm going to go corner. 
Yep, that is correct. That's like when you were talking about him earlier. I was like, have you seen the quiz? I was like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, so that is correct. So two points as well for you. So we go back to Sam. Which one should we go for here? Right, we'll go to this one. So your next player, Sam. Yep. In game week eight, they scored 10 points. In game week nine, they scored 10 points again. And in game week 10, they scored two points. Christ. <laughs> this is a bit and, harsh and because you know, like, you've got to remember the past weeks. There's not much to think of from this week. Uh... That is interesting. 10, 10, 2. Uh, Wang? That's incorrect. So, your player in game week 8 to get 10 points played against Man United. Game week 9 to score 10 points played against Brentford. And game week 10 to get 2 points played against Arsenal. Okay. Um. Oh, so Leicester player. Progress is slow on this one. <laughs> um. Well, my initial instinct was Vardy, but I don't think Vardy scored against Brentford. I can't. I know. I can't remember who got. There was I know Tielemans got one, but I can't remember who got the other one. So it could be the other one, but the only other player I can think that scored. I, don't, I can't think who got assists. Let's go Tielemans. That is correct. You say correct. Yeah, it's correct. It was nice. Tielemans. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know who scored the other goal in that Brentford game. To be fair. But um, Tillerman scored a goal in both of those matches against Man United and Brentford and got all the bonus. Nice. We'll take that. Yeah, nice little two-pointer there. And that was one of those ones where it's like you, you get the team, but then it's not always clear when you've actually got the team what player it is. Yeah. Right, so back to Charlie. So your next player, Charlie. In game week eight, they scored six points. In game week nine, they scored three points. In game week 10, they scored 11 points. The 11. Well, working back off my old um, my old logic, that sounds like a midfielder with a three. Although six for a midfielder. How do you get six as a midfielder? An assist and a clean sheet, I guess. Um, that's tough. Who got 11 points this week? Um, someone must have done well. Uh, yes, at Giorginio. So your player in game week eight when they scored six points was playing against Everton. In game week nine, 
when they got three points, they were playing against Spurs. And in game week 10, when they scored 11 points, they were playing Aston Villa. Okay, so that's a West Ham player. He definitely can't be Antonio because he didn't score this week, mm-hmm. frustratingly. Um... What other West Ham? What other West Ham players have done well? It, going on point logic again, so it must be a midfielder for West Ham. I don't think Ben Ram has done well enough to do any of that. Certainly not eleven points. Um, is there any chance it could be a defender with the six? I don't think so. So I guess that only leaves us with. Bowen or Fornals. Again, I don't think Fornals has done enough. So I'm going to have to go Bowen, I think. Yeah, that is correct. Yeah. So your logic on the six and the three was correct. Like he got a clean mm, sheet in both and then the assist in the first game. Ah, yep. And then he got a goal and assist and two bonus points in the 11 points. So yeah, you're both level after two, as usual. <laughs> not, not going well to separate you now. But I, I will argue it gets quite difficult. I, I think I'm going to throw in a difficult one for you both now just to get you apart a on the points. So good luck with these next two, that's all I'm saying. Um, right, there we go. Back to you, Sam. So in game week eight, this player scored three points. In game week nine, this player scored four points. In game week 10, this player again scored four points. Okay. <laughs> um, can't remember the last time I saw four points for anyone. I think I've been pretty cruel this one, to be fair. <laughs> uh, I have absolutely no idea. If you get more than one point on this, I'll be highly impressed. <laughs> You'd be lucky to get one, to be fair. I have no idea. I don't even know. I wouldn't even know what to where to. <laughs> I don't even know where to guess. Um, I don't know. Thomas Party. Is that what you're going with? Uh, no, actually, you already had an Arsenal player. That's a naive guess, that is. Of all the guesses we could have had. It doesn't, it doesn't mean I can't use the same team twice. <sighs> yeah, but you're better than that. Can't <laughs> <laughs> uh, think of a midfielder for like... Oh, I don't know. I honestly have no idea. N- Neves? Ruben Neves? No, that's incorrect. All right. All right, so this player in game week eight played against Brentford to get three points. In game week nine, this player played against Norwich to get four points. And in game week 10, they played against Newcastle to get four points. All right, so it's a Chelsea player. Interesting. Well, it can't be... Any of the, it can't be a goalkeeper or it can't be well. It's got to be a midfielder because the strikers are all injured. <laughs> Goalkeepers <laughs> and defenders all got clean sheets, so that narrows it to midfielders. They got four points, in, so they scored 
three against. Uh, sorry, it's three points, four points, four points. Yeah, that's correct. Right, okay, so 3 0 against Newcastle. I mean, four points is like nine, is plus 60 minutes, clean sheet, and like maybe one bonus. I don't know who got the bonuses, so I don't even know why I'm trying to walk down that other path because that's not going to help. Um, I was trying to think about this a bit logically. So, goal scorers against New against Norwich. Uh, like Havertz was the only one who wasn't involved. I don't think. I don't know how many points Havertz got this week. Uh, I guess Havertz. I'm not sure if that's right. No, that's incorrect. Okay. Alright, so I feel like I've got to give you a decent size clue on this one to get you anywhere near it. So, in game week 9 and 10, when they scored 4 points in both game weeks, they only played 26 minutes in both of those fixtures. Exactly, They came on as a substitute in exactly the same minute in both of those fixtures. So I'm hoping that gives you a bit of a key to how you can work out how they got 4 points. Let's go for Chelsea midfielders then, I guess. Mount, Havertz, Hudson, Adoy, Kovacic, no, I probably wouldn't have played. Ziyech. did come on against Norwich, I think, but I don't know if he came on against Newcastle. Or if he even played, I don't know. Um. Mm. Extremely horrible, this one. <laughs> like a kid. Ah, oh, oh, I don't know. Could be, uh, could be Loftus Cheek. It's basically flip a coin between. I don't even know if it is. Let's go. I don't. Even, I. I don't really know what returned, other than Reese James scoring twice against Newcastle. I'm very uneducated on assists and anything like that in that game. So it's basically performing it off Norwich. Uh, let's go Ziyech. No, that's incorrect. You did mention his name right there at the end. Uh, it's lost his cheek, is it? Yeah. <laughs> That was ah, yeah. very cool, that one. That, was... <laughs> that, was that helps, I had no idea. <laughs> That's brutal. Well, I mainly remember it because I, I think it, it was for Mount's hat-trick. He like took an awful torch and he had to square it to Mount to get an assist in that Norwich game. So, now oh, yeah, about true. that one. But yeah, I, I was thinking, well, it's more about if you knew who had played like for Chelsea in like, that Newcastle game because the fact that they came on was a sub probably could have ruled most of them out. Yeah. No, I I really didn't have a clue, so that's fine. Like I said, let's make it difficult. Firing blanks. <laughs> I, I uh, Hail Mary three pointer soon to pull that back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, back to Charlie. So in game week eight this player scored six points. In game week nine this player scored two points. And in game week ten this player scored six points again. 
Right, 66. So yeah. that sounds like a def- keeper or a defender getting two clean sheets out of three. Um, so which teams actually got clean sheets this weekend? Arsenal did. Palace obviously did. United did. And Chelsea. Which out of those do you actually go with, Ray? Um, gonna guess Ben White. Incorrect. Yeah. So, this player in game week eight was playing Leicester to score six points. This player in game week nine was playing Liverpool to get two points. In game week 10, this player was playing Spurs to get six points. Okay, so it was a United player. Um, What was the first game, sorry? They were playing Leicester. Leicester. And they got six. He points. lost that. Yeah, he lost that game. I think so. I think he lost that game, which means part of. So maybe it's not. And yeah, the five 0 against Liverpool, you, they would have lost. If it was a keeper or a defender, they would have lost. What's that? Two points. Might that be? That's a minus two. So maybe that's the part of your, uh, that's your um, little little ruse is to, is to make me think it's someone else. No comment. Um, okay, I, I think that yeah, I think that's now ruling it, ruling out keepers. Maybe it could be a defender. Definitely don't think it's Dabba. It can't be Dabba Daria. Um. I'll go with Bruno Fernandes. Incorrect. Okay. (laughs) So, as your final clue, the player in this run has scored two goals. Okay, so I was on the right lines. So, and two goals. Um, Goal for a striker, three for a... Or is it four? Four and then... Wait, they scored a goal. Strike the goal is three. It is four, sorry. I'm getting my numbers all mixed up. <laughs> Strike the goal is four. Midfielder is five. But then the only strikers that United would have had would have been Ronaldo, who definitely got more than six points this weekend. I don't think it would be Cavani. So in that case, it's a, if it's a midfielder, 6-2-6, so it's a midfielder that had two bench appearances in golf, or got yellow cards. God, this is hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just can't say I'm unfair. I'm making sure it's in the same kind of difficulty. Yeah. 
Um, I can't even remember who's, who scored against Spurs. I know Ronaldo got one, but the other two I can't remember. Um, yes, there's Martial as well, but I don't think he's been playing. Striker would be easier, but I don't think that's... And Brimwood, I don't think he played at the weekend. Who else is there? Lingard. don't think he's got anything recently. Rashford, maybe? Um, I know he's been on a bit of a run lately. Or he's at least been looking good. And I guess that would make sense for him to come off the bench. I think I'm going to go Rashford. That is correct. Oh... That might... was really tough. <laughs> I thought you might get thrown off by Cavani because he did score in that game, so I thought you might think he got six points as well. <laughs> that, that, that was probably helped by not be, actually being able to remember that game because I might have <laughs> chosen him, but I couldn't remember who I scored in that game. Yeah, so Rashford scored, but he, only, he came on as a sub for the last 19 minutes. Yeah, I, I seem to remember him coming, him being coming off the bench in a couple of games. Yeah. And just as, of course, with the United-themed question, Man United have actually equalised. So it's 1-1 on the stroke of, stroke of our time. So win, win out all round there. Right. So I think we'll do at least one more, and then we'll see how we stand after this last one, maybe. So we'll give Sam a chance to redeem himself, if we can manage it. <laughs> you ready, Sam? Yeah, when you are. Right, game week eight, this player scored two points. Game week nine, this player scored 12 points. In game week 10, this player scored zero. Crikey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, right. I mean, 12 points must have been from a decent haul. There are a lot of teams that had decent hauls in that previous game week. Obviously, Chelsea ran riot. City beat Brighton, Liverpool thumped United. Uh, Watford also scored us. Five. We've had an Arsenal player. We've had a Chelsea player. <laughs> can't remember. Oh, I'm gonna try. I've got a choice. I haven't got a clue. <laughs> I need an absolute pluck from nothing here. Um. Mm -mm -mm -mm. I don't think we've had a Liverpool player. We have. I've, uh... Oh god, this is so stupid. Trying to think of so many players, but that. Um. Yeah, right, I'm going to send it on a Liverpool player. I'm going to send it on a Liverpool player from the United game. So it's got to be one of the goal scorers. 
Uh, I can't even remember if Yotta came on against Brighton. No, no points in the last game week, right? Yeah, that's correct. Brilliant. Uh, well, the goal scorer for United is obviously not Salah. Kater got the first one, and Jota got the last one. I might be barking, and Mars at the wrong tree. I'm going to go Jota. That's incorrect. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. So, yeah, well, I'll rule out Liverpool for this first one. So, in game week eight, this team, well, this player played Liverpool to get two points. In game week nine, they played Everton to get 12 points. Oh, so sick. <laughs> In game week 10, they played Southampton and got zero points. <laughs> okay. Um, so, in the Everton game, Josh King got a hat-trick. So, it I would think it unlikely to be Josh King, because that should be 12 points on its own. Assuming he got three bonus points as well. That's going to be 15. Plus some maybe some minute points. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I don't think it's Josh King. The only other player I know to have scored in that game was Dennis because it was the week after I took him out. Um, and I have no idea who scored the other one, so I'm going to guess Dennis. That's correct. He got. He came on for twenty six minutes and scored a goal and got two assists. Got a yellow card and got two bonus. So it was eventful twenty six minutes. <laughs> uh, I'll take it. Got bad memories there. Taking him out of your team. Yeah. Well, to be fair, it worked out all right last week specifically. Um, but yeah, uh, no, that's right. Cool. Right. So back to Charlie. So in game week. Eight, this player scored one point. In game week nine, this player scored seven points. In game week ten, this player scored six points. One, seven, six. Yep. Okay. That's a bit all over the shop, really. Um... That's what we love. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to even determine who that would be like what type of player um i guess it could be like a, a defender or keeper getting a bonus point in the seven but conceding two in the first to get the one maybe um We've even got six points. Um, I mean, I, I know Saka got six points. I don't think it's him, but I don't really have any other guesses. I'm going to go Saka. Incorrect. So in game week eight, to score one point, they played against Arsenal. In game week nine, to get seven points, they played against Newcastle. Game week 10 to score six points, they played against Manchester City. Okay, so that's a Palace player. Um, one seven six. So then it 
Oops, they. Their defense, because obviously they got a clean sheet. I can't remember what they did the game before. I think they drew. That was the draw to Newcastle, so maybe it's not their defense. To be honest, I'm not even sure exactly who their defenders are, so I don't know if I'll be able to go with them anyway. Um. The only one I can think of is the keeper, so I'll just go um, greater. Incorrect. <laughs> so I'll put you in the mud here because this final clue is not going to be like what you're hoping for. <laughs> okay. you, can tell, you can guess what position I'm going to tell you who he is. He's, he's a, a defender. He's a defender, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, for obvious reasons, I've been keeping it, I've not even been looking at. Crystal Palace defence. Um, Why is that? Keep it clean sheet against Man City. <laughs> Might as well be looking True. at it. Good point. Fair point. Maybe going forward. Um, I mean, the only name I can remember is Van Arnhart when he left. So <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to do that well. Um, Joel Ward, I know, is still there, I think. Kiate, I think, still plays in defence. Yeah, I'm, I'm really struggling. Um, I think I'm just going to have to go with Joel Ward because I can't really remember anymore. That's incorrect. It's Mitchell. Oh, Mitch, I do even, I even know, I remember him because <laughs> he came in for Van Arnold when he was injured last season. Yeah, and he's literally played every single game this season. Yeah. So, yeah, in the, in the first game against Arsenal, he's conceded two goals, so he got one point. The Newcastle game, they conceded, but he got an assist and got two bonus points. And then Man City are just a straight clean sheet. Makes so the, the game has changed. So <laughs> going into the last round, Sam leads by one point after that round. So going on to the last one to see if Sam can secure it. Here we go. All right. <laughs> so your last player, Sam. Game week eight, they scored eight points. Game week nine, they scored eight points. Game week 10, they scored zero. Eight, eight, zero. Yep. God, you don't make this easy, do you? <laughs> <laughs> There's no fun in that. I've got to watch you score. <laughs> um, I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> Um, I mean, that's a play. Something out of the air of a team that hasn't been said yet, I think. Yeah, I'll say if you get this right, you're guaranteed to win. Like if you get it on three points. If you get it right on one part, I'm going to go to VAR. <laughs> I don't even know how I could possibly... I really haven't got a bloody clue. Um, I don't even know who... This is crazy. <laughs> it's so difficult to just pluck a name. Yeah. Especially when the most recent game week is the zero. 
you kind of think you might know yeah. a few. Don't make it too easy. <laughs> no, of course not. Um, I, I I really don't know. Uh, Armstrong, Adam Armstrong. That's incorrect. Yeah. Right. So in game week eight, they played Leeds to get eight points. In game week nine, they played Burnley to get eight points, and in game week ten, they played Watford to get zero points. Oh my god, it was a Southampton player. <laughs> so, no. Oh, no way. Oh, no. Oh, no way. Of all the teams. That is so sick, man. That is so sick. So if you get this right on this go, Charlie has to get it on three points on the last go. Well, Charlie, rest easy, because I know it's not Liveramento and I hardly know any other Southampton players. So well, Unless you ruled out Armstrong. Yeah. Well, yeah, at least we know it's not Armstrong, <laughs> and I doubt it's my man Ward-Prowse either, so... Uh, um... There's that young guy at Southampton there who keeps raving about, but I don't know if he got... Did enough to get eights, and I would absolutely butcher his name. Um, well, they drew with Burnley, so it can't be. You got eight points, and it's not Liveramento who scored one of the goals, so it has to be the other goal scorer. But I can't remember who scored the goal, so that's no use. Um. <laughs> I guess. Uh, Nathan Redman? Incorrect. Okay. So, your final clue is that they're a striker. Wow. <laughs> so close with the first guess. This is, that is so close. Southampton striker. So, so sick. You've probably only got like three or four in the game or something. <laughs> I can't believe that, that first guess. I, I I don't really know like the right way to pronounce this guy's name, but I know <laughs> I'm gonna say completely the wrong name. But I know who I'm trying to say. It's so frustrating. You can say it and then spell it. That's like I can say what you're saying. Is it like something? <sighs> I don't want to butcher this guy's name. It's like it's like. Borgen or something like that, or Borgia. It's Broher. Broher. Are we allowing that? Borgen, come on. Come on, man. We've got down to Southampton strikers. You're lucky to still be in the game after Armstrong come out out of nowhere, to be fair. I will allow that. I'll take my point. We'll take the point. Right, so going into... Charlie's last one. Sam has got a lead of two points. So three to win, Charlie, two to draw, one or lower, and you're out. You've lost. So three seems very, very unlikely. <laughs> no, you never know. We shall see. So your last player, game week eight, scored seven points. Game week nine, scored 12 points. And game week 10, scored two points. 
Okay. Um, twelve two. Um, seven. So that could be a midfielder scoring a goal in the seven. Although no bonus is a bit odd if a midfielder scores. Um. Hmm. You could pull out an Armstrong type Gessie and put just slightly closer. It feels almost impossible, particularly if, yeah, the same as if it's a zero, but the most recent one being mm. a blank doesn't really help. Um, hmm. he's, he's done well. Recently, but blank. Um, go with we go with Edward, Palace striker Edward. Incorrect. Mm. So that goes to chance of the win. You can still draw. No pressure. <laughs> so game week eight, they scored seven points against Everton. Game week nine, they scored 12 points against Spurs. In game week 10, they scored two points against Aston Villa. Okay. So that means it's going to be a West Ham player. 7 12 2. You know, because I, I can use t players from the same team twice. It's put out there, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, there's one obvious one that blanked recently. Um, I feel like that'd be quite a ballsy move to pick probably the most talked about player from the team, though, as our last, last one. Um... Who else would have blanked in that game? I'm guessing it's a. Could it be a defensive asset? Seven and twelve is a lot for a defensive asset. Or a keep. It definitely wouldn't have been Fabianski. I don't think he could have got to twelve in any of the games. Unless there's a midfielder I'm missing that did well, but blanked. Um, I think most of them picked up something in that game, so I'm assuming it's going to be a defender. And if it's a defender, the likelihood is it's going to be Cresswell because he's been doing well. But then there's also that other guy, Johnson, that's come in and looked good. Hmm. Can you remind me of the games again? Yeah, well, what do you want? All the information do you want? So who, week, who they played against? Yeah, game week eight was against Everton when they scored seven points. Game week nine against Spurs where they got 12 points. And then Villa in game week 10 for two points. So they only won 
1-0 against Spurs. Um, and Antonio scored because I remember he got the points to my team. So it was who got the assist in that. I can't remember Johnson doing anything in that game. So I think that gives me Cresswell then. Um, first game was Everton. I can't remember that far back. My memory, memory doesn't stretch that far. Um, I'm going to go Cresswell. So you've managed to draw again, still. Oh. <laughs> it's like draw, out. it's like draw without a fail, you know. It's literally every single time. <laughs> That's and, and that flipped so much. We were like two points, three points difference at one point. And... I know, like, yeah. There's a round where Sam got zero, you got one. And then the next round, it went 2-0 either way. And then it'll be 2-1. <laughs> so you went leveled out. And it's like, <laughs> right, so it's that time again where I go find a random player. <laughs> and we'll play that game. <laughs> Closest to. <laughs> it's just typical then. Right. I feel like doing this. Shall I do this? I'm going to do it, I think. Just to be absolutely cruel. <laughs> right, so who won last time then? So I don't know if it's an advantage to let someone go first now. I'm going to. So Sam is losing overall. He's currently 5 4 down. So I'm going to give Sam the option if he wants to go first or second. I'm not going to tell you the player, though. I'll go second, please, Will. Okay. So Sam made Big. a decent guess quite recently for Adam Armstrong. So how many points do we think Adam Armstrong has got this so far this FPL season? Okay. I just had to rub it in a bit more. <laughs> um well again, yeah I can't really talk my logic out loud <laughs> properly um on game week 10 just gone I'm going to go with thirty-five. Okay, thirty-five. Yep. Unders. I'm going under. Done. Send the point. See you next week. <laughs> yeah, it was twenty-seven. <laughs> oh, not that far off. Sam made it sound like it was absolutely marvellous. <laughs> Yeah, no, to be fair, that was a bit old. But <laughs> I, I, pretty confident it was under thirty when you went thirty-five. I was nailed on. Yes, definitely, yeah. definitely an advantage going second in that. By the way, hundred percent, yeah, definitely is. It's not like, thirty-four. Guess thirty-four, and you can cover everything under. I guess. Yeah, so he's only got one goal and two assists this season, and then mainly, um, just actually playing points, but he's also not played every single game. He's played eight out of ten eight out of ten games. So yeah, that levels up again. So of course it had to be level. So overall you're now five five. Yeah that was it was deliberate. So yeah you did it on purpose didn't you? Yeah. So. Yeah. 
Right, so let's get off that then. <laughs> Seems like we can never split you. And we'll talk about the next game week. Which, uh, I'm, I'm not going to say the same statement I say every time. It seems like I'm going flying through the season. But we're on to game week 11. So, I think we'll go to the quiz champ for this week. Mr. Sam. Is there any particular fixtures you're looking forward to in game week 11 that you think are standout well, fixtures? I'm particularly nervous about <laughs> going to West Ham away uh, in the form that they're in at the moment. Um, I am nervous about that one. If we can get three points out of that, that would be massive. Um, mm. The obvious one that stands out is uh, a certain Manchester derby uh, at lunchtime on Saturday. Um, I don't know how you're feeling about that one, Will. It's, it's very indifferent. Like I've said, it's a strange time at the minute. Um, I think I'll probably need some time to reflect on it after the result tonight as well. But based on the obviously the weekend's results you could argue it go either way i also saw i don't know how serious it is from the champions league game that Varane has gone off injured so i think that could be big to actually decide in that game so i wouldn't be surprised if city actually beat us it's probably not going to be a five nil but probably like a two nil for city kind of thing i'm not expecting a great deal from us but you never know ronnie can turn up in the big game it could be another one where City drop points. Even if you drop points in yours, some might not be too much damage. I think Chelsea is the one you're going to need to be looking out for at the minute, keeping up with them. Yeah, I think Chelsea are just setting unbelievable pace at the minute. Um, and they will have a dip at some point. Um, it's just a case of, you know, while they're flying high, trying to keep onto their coattails as much as possible. So, uh, yeah, tough game away at West Ham. Um, on Sunday evening. Yeah, it's what, yeah, and the form they're in at the minute. I feel they're coming a, a bit better in defence as well. I feel like at the start of the season they were all about goals, but now they've gone to that kind of like sturdy at the back. But now I've said that, you'll probably smash five against them or something. But in, in fairness, it's, it's a really interesting game week in general, actually, because there's mm. a few fixtures that are sort of like teams that you would expect to sort of be in and around each other at the end of the season. Yeah, well, um, like you probably think Southampton Villa would be similarly placed at the start of the season. You might have thought Brentford Norwich might be similarly placed, like Palace and Wolves, um, Everton Spurs, Arsenal and Watford. <laughs> I was going to say that one. Arsenal, <laughs> I deliberately didn't say that one. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be uh, it'll be an interesting game week. Plus, having three games on at the same time on Sunday as well. So uh, to yeah, I think Arsenal. I think you're on TV, aren't you, Charlie, on Sunday? Yeah, they are. Yeah, most important ones on TV. Yeah. That's a bit of a strange, isn't it? There's like some decent games there as well. Like I'd argue you'd want to watch the Everton, Spurs, and Leeds, Leicester, especially with uh, Ante's first yeah, game. Yeah, first game. Well. Yeah, I'd argue that's the most one-sided game out of the three, the Arsenal game. But cannot turn out that that's way. Right. Obviously, yeah. I don't know. I think Leicester should comprehensively beat Leeds, to be honest. Yeah, but like we said earlier, Leicester want a bit, a bit funny in a minute. I'm not fully convinced, and they've got Europa yeah. League as well, haven't they? On Thursday. Yeah. That's true. You're never sure what Leicester's going to turn up at the minute. Like, like we've seen, they beat United pretty comfortable in the end of the other week, and then they've lost to Arsenal. So it can slip either way, really. But yeah, it's a good point about that. They were all quite even games. I think that's it makes like picking out some of the standout fixtures a bit easier. So like we've touched on Chelsea, that has got to be one of the standout fixtures that we're targeting for this game week. Just because it's a title challenger against like a mid-table team, so it seems the most obvious one to be targeting there. 
I'd argue even Charlie's fixture you could be targeting. Arsenal, you fancy yourself for some points in that one, Charlie? Yeah, yeah, I, I would. I would. Um, I don't think it's a, It's probably the wrong time to start bringing Arsenal players in if mm. you are going to think about it at all just because of the run we're about to go on. But yeah, certainly for this, on, as a one-off game, say you were going to wildcard next week I, I uh, during the international break, then I don't, I don't think it's bad for me at all looking at looking at an Arsenal player for a one-week punt. But um, yeah, long-term, it's not going to be a great move. But if you've already got them, yeah, absolutely, obviously, you're going to be playing them. Yeah, because I was looking at the fixtures for Arsenal. Because to be fair, for, they've got Liverpool 12, but then they've got Newcastle and 13. So I'd be holding your Arsenal one to at least 13 if you just bench them against Liverpool. Definitely. Yeah, but it, there's the fixtures after that as well, though, because so, we've got your lot coming up and then Everton as well, and no, West Ham, just the kind of fixtures. I'm sure there are going to be better options potentially over that course yeah. of five or six fixtures. I guess if you've got like a Smith Rowe or something and you're rotating him anyway, you might not necessarily have to get it out of there because you say Man United True. and Everton, but they're not necessarily the worst fixtures at the minute. Like the show on FPL as a four in red, but like United should tie it up, like we said about Everton as well not being the best so you never know I think because you've got that value especially in the Smith row you could always bench them if you've got other fires to put out in your team yep but we shall see so I think one of the main things I mentioned at the start of well in the first half of the pod is about Spurs' new manager are either of us well any of us looking at getting any Spurs players in in the near future I'll go to Sam first on that question yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I think Conte had a lot of success at Chelsea with a five-back. Um, and obviously Spurs signing Matt Doherty um, never really sort of got going to the same degree as he did at Wolves. Um, and Regulon's sort of been a bit hit and miss on the other side. But if those two, and we're t- t- jumping through a lot of hoops here to assume that Spurs are just going to get straight into a five-back with those two at full-back. And obviously they've got Emerson in there as well now as competition. Mm-hmm. But um, potentially ones to keep an eye on. If, if Spurs do start playing a five-back regularly and attacking threat from those two becomes viable, then you could look there. I think the obvious one to start, if you're looking at players for the here and now, is Son. Um, I am certainly contemplating the jump to Son in midfield this week. Uh, Townsend hasn't quite pulled his weight since the wild card, <laughs> So uh, it's probably... It's, it's, it's between a couple. Um, but yeah, Son certainly... Potentially more uh, attractive option i mean everton away isn't exactly a terrible fixture and then they have a rather nice run of fixture spurs so i can see why they appointed conte now actually um yeah looking at it um yeah i agree with what you said about the wingbacks as well i feel like emerson is a lot more likely to play than doherty i feel like we've not seen doherty in ages i don't even remember him playing many games at all so i feel like they've only recently signed emerson so it's more likely to be emerson and regular as the fullbacks but I'd be going regular on if he was going for a defender. Obviously, he probably needs to give it a week or so. Well, maybe two or three weeks to see how they're set up. But it's quite good for an FPL point of view that we're going to be able to see them for one game before the international break and then we can kind of have a think about it over that long break. Uh, I think with Son as well, it's going to focus a lot. Well, depending on how well they use their wing-backs, I feel like Son is going to be more central, more forward, and makes him even better asset than he normally is anyway. And obviously, there's Kane there to be considering at the same time. Like you'd expect with the form he's had over previous seasons, he'll snap out of it at some point and get banging in the goals. 
what do you reckon of the appointment, Charlie? Yeah, I think I think it's it's really good for them. Um, I, yeah, I thought it's quite ironic how you mentioned earlier the the fact that it was the the, the United win that ultimately ended up yeah. leading to the Nuno sacking that then got them Conte, which he would have probably would have been a better fit at United with the backing he would have got. But um, yeah, yeah, it it does surprise me because I think sort of in in, in real football terms. The fact that in his last two jobs, I think it is now, with Chelsea and Inter, Conte has ultimately left because of a lack of investment and a lack of backing from the from the board. And that's what's happened to most Spurs managers um, with Pochettino and Mourinho and, and Nuno a little bit, although they have spent some money. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if if that's the way that this goes, but maybe they are going to make a change and they, they are now that they've got a manager that, that has won more recently. Obviously, when they brought Mourinho in, he was kind of on a on a downward spiral. I would say up downward trajectory. Whereas Conte is a regular winner. Obviously, only lost one last season, the the um, Serie A. So, um, yeah, I think it's a great a great great move for them. Um, as long as they as he gets the backing he wants, and yeah, like you guys have touched on, the wing backs certainly come into play for a fantasy perspective. I'd be going regular as well, I think. Although I think defensively is probably better just to wait a little bit longer. I think Son's an easier move just because he's been playing well regardless of how Spurs have been playing. Um, and he's always just been a good option. So now that there's going to be actually more structure and more of a focus to to how they play, um, it just makes them even better. I was already looking at him and, and how I could bring him into my team for this run. So um, the fact that they're now going to have a... a, a a winning title winning manager in in as well as um yeah maybe just the shift in form we've seen how Kane has been been you know not at it whether that's to do with the whole Man City stuff that went down um maybe this is is what he needs to kind of shift his attention and and get him back playing the way that he has done previously so that all means good things for them really um but yeah I, I think Son would be my my priority out of anyone and then maybe Regulon if if it does start looking good for them. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think, like you kind of said, that Son has been in decent form all season. And then outside of that, like Kane and Eurekulon are more a wait and see. Like, I think we've got the international break. You, you never know if someone might get injured in that international break. So Son's probably worth the risk and you've only got one in there. And he could still return against Everton, even if you got in there this week, like I mentioned about Everton's defence. So it was going to be an interesting one to see how it develops and gives us a bit of um, encouragement for Spurs going into that decent run they've got. I'd even argue that Everton is a decent fixture as well, so definitely should be looking there's at also them. There's also no guarantee that he goes immediately into his sort of trusty 3-5-2 yeah. or 3-4-3. Three, three. Um, he didn't at Chelsea, he started with a back four, but then that's just probably more because that's how they were set up before he joined. Um, and then it was actually, and this is the reason why I remember it so specifically, it was after after we beat them, I think 3-0, um, a very comprehensive win at the Emirates that then triggered him to yeah. then change the system and go into his his tried and tested. So I guess maybe the fact that Spurs are more used to a, a three at the back, they've played in that a few times, although they have got rid of some of their centre-backs, so maybe that plays a part in that. Um, but maybe the fact that they're more used to that and have played that more recently may make it easier for him to implement that straight away. But yeah, again, it's just going to be a wait and see to see how he best fits the team together to start. And it, then it may change as it goes on. Yeah, I feel like that centre-back 
play like position is where he's going to have to work out if he wants to go for the five at the back or the four at the back because I'm not thoroughly convinced by Spurs' centre-backs in general. I think he could still go with five at the back because they recently got Romero, didn't they, in the summer? And Romero mm. is used to the like Serie A style of play. So I wouldn't be surprised like, if he's going to be one of the main starters in that team. But I'm not overly convinced by the other centre-back options. So I feel like if not in January, in the summer, they'll be looking for at least that centre-back to kind of play into Conte's style. I heard, like, 100 million, like, transfer budget that he's got to use at some point, but definitely wait and see. It's one of them ones where you need a bit of information. We can speculate how he's going to play, but then he might not even play five at the back, so we'll keep an eye on that one. And especially, like I said, with that international break, don't be making too rash a decision. Don't just wild card and being Spurs triple in straight away just keep an eye on it but we've kind of touched on certain transfer ideas we've got and just before we go into that me and Sam have just been saying that Atlanta have made it 2-1 fantastic news <laughs> um, but yeah Sam what are your transfer plans then for the next game week yeah so I have two transfers in the bank so okay. I will be using one of them um, I think the move I'm actually going to go for is uh, so Townsend is coming out. Um, I actually get, I think I'm going to go. I, I just I want to see I want to go Son, but yeah. I want to just see how Spurs settle under uh, Conte and what role he plays in that link up. And it could be a little bit of a risk not having him against Everton. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was genuinely so impressed by Brighton in the second half against Liverpool. I'm actually going to take a bit of a punt and put Trossard in for this week. Um, I think Brighton have a decent run of fixtures um, and I can't see Trossard being too involved in terms of international football. Then they go Newcastle at home, Villa away, Leeds at home, West Ham, Southampton, Spurs, Wolves in their next eight. Um, So I think think I'm actually going to take a bit of a punt with Trossard this week. Um, He's got reasonable point return, played as a false nine against Liverpool. So if he does play in an advanced position we love midfielders playing as attackers um so i think i'm going to have a pump with trossard very interesting one i wasn't expecting you to come up with that one but there are a lot of fixtures and there's a lot of green in there like you said so i do quite like that a very differential one there yeah 1.5 i just think um you know that being in the position i'm in now Salah, Rafinha, Buemo, Antonio Jimenez, then they're going nowhere. Cancelo, Alexander, Arnold, Chilwell, Livermento all set. Mendy set. Like, yeah. There's a couple of positions where I could just afford to sort of have a go with, with a couple of players during the week. Uh, I, would, I would like to think Trossard at home against Newcastle is going to outscore Townsend at home against Spurs, but you, you never know. Um, I might take Townsend out and he scores a brace and Conte's in pain, but who knows. Um, I, I was just so impressed with Brighton against Liverpool. I thought they played unbelievably well. Um, and it might be uh, a different setup against Newcastle at home. And Trossard might be out on the left. And Mope might start up top again. But I think Trossard might get a few points. So I'm going to go with Trossard. Yeah, he always tends to be one of the most attacking players for Brighton, whatever system they use. So I quite yeah. like that one. It's a decent punt, to be fair, especially that 1.5% owned. Yeah, You're making the big moves to jump to the 10k, aren't you? Well, we've got to try and do something. <laughs> I, I've I've never been in the top 10k in FPL. In fact, last week was my highest 
Zoltever. This week's my new PB. I really want that top 10k. Um, and it's going to have to be like another Manchester United disaster class against City um, to stop like Ronaldo scoring or whatever. And then I'm going to need like Trossard to get a hat trick and Burnley to scrape a 1 0 at the bridge. <laughs> and uh, who knows? And then, but then I'm going to need Antonio to score against Liverpool. I'm not a fan of the thought of that. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I, one, one other player I was sort of tossed to and fro in between, or trusting about, was um, Gallagher for Palace. Yeah. Um, I already have Edouard, so I don't really want to commit to double Palace because I think it's a bit of a tough one to try and get out of um, yeah. later down the line. If I didn't have a Palace asset already, I would certainly be looking at Conor Gallagher. Uh, Conor Gallagher, sorry. Yeah, I think they've got a few decent features on there, but I don't think that. Yeah, it's, it's kind of similar to Brighton, isn't it? There's a few difficult features in there, but yeah, I don't think double up is a bit too far, isn't it? But yeah, I definitely like that Trossard one. That's definitely one very differential one, and it should do you. Another well. another player who played very well against Liverpool for Brighton, who um we who's moved to the Premier League this year from Spain, a bit of a FIFA favorite, Cucurella. Mm-hmm. He was outstanding against Liverpool, but I don't know if his performance is sort of rewarding through the points metrics of FPL. Yeah, so I have to see how uh, how that works in going forward. Uh, but if he starts picking up a couple of assists, that you know could represent decent value in uh, in him. He was so advanced so so often. Um, be a good one to look at. Yeah, I've seen a few Lamptey appearances off the bench as well, so I'm sure he'll be in everyone's Well, Lamptey went off injured against Liverpool. Oh, did he go off so injured he, again? He came, he came, came on. on. He came on and went off. So uh, Difficult for him at the minute, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. one of those shouts. How are we looking for next week then, Charlie? What are we thinking for your team? Yeah, I'm pr- pretty good. In a similar position, I've got two free transfers. I don't, I'm quite happy with my first 11 for this week. Um so it's probably I, I, my only doubt is about uh, Mason Mount and this illness that he supposedly has. So I'm just yeah. going to be waiting to hear on that because um, that may influence my what, what I go with. Because if I don't have him, then I'm going to be starting Antonio, which isn't the worst thing in the world. I don't, it's not outside the realm of possibility he scores against Liverpool. Um, but I, if, if you know if Mount's going to be starting, then I could probably be looking to change someone on the bench and get a bit of value rather than if Mount's not going to start, then I'm going to probably want someone that's uh, more likely to get some points on the bench. Um, yeah, I don't think he so traveled, yeah, so it kind of... traveled today, did he, Mount? I don't think he even travelled. Right. So, okay. well, I know yeah, it was I like an illness, wasn't it? So I don't think he'll be out for long, but there's rumours he should yeah. be back to Burnley, but it's one of them funny ones, isn't it? So just got to watch out yeah, for it. Yeah, as always, wait wait until um, press, press conference. conferences to, at the end of the week that will help. Yeah. But yeah, so the, the move will probably be um, one of Antonio or Diaz potentially out. Um, I was going to bench Diaz this week anyway because I've got the double city and I think I'm happy just starting Cancelo of the two. Um, and then, yeah, so it could be one of those two and, and then just sort of downgrade them to get a bit, bit of money ready to fund the potentially a Son move in um, for Saka um, or Foden as well. Uh, they're both kind of on my uh, on my radar at the moment as players that I want in. So, yeah, just, just kind of a bit of rearranging just to get a bit of extra money into the midfield. Yeah, it seems like you're both in decent positions. Well, I'm like, what the hell? I haven't got 
the, the main issue I have, like, I want to make certain moves, but I've still not got a Chelsea fullback, so it's kind of, um, am I too late on that Chelsea fullback train, or do I just need to kind of, like, add the essential at this point? That's the bit that I'm stuck with. And I'm looking at the Spurs guys. I could get Kane in, but I can't get Son in without getting rid of Havertz, and I want Havertz for this week. Obviously, he's not returned as hoped, but he was always a free wink one. So, if I was going for a spurt, it's more likely at the minute that I'm going to roll the transfer so I have two for after the international break because I think that'll be help. But if I'm going to make a transfer, I feel like I'm getting forced into being Kanan because that's the only one I could bring in at this point in time. But I'm not fully convinced so at this point in time. It's probably going to be a roll unless I feel like I need a Chelsea wing-back. Because I was just like looking at my team, I'm like, I've got Semedo instead of a Chelsea wing-back. That's such an easy swap. <laughs> um, I'm a bit on the fence at that one at the minute. Most likely it'll be a roll, but we'll keep an eye out what goes on. I think the fact that Chilwell and Reese James were both benched and didn't play any minutes tonight is put that full the full back for Chelsea in my head again so on the fence we'll see it's probably a roll but I'm sure you'll find out and we'll have to if you get in the top 10k in the next game week Sam it's international break celebration on the podcast so no pressure absolutely absolutely <laughs> so very important if you can have a stellar week as well Charlie you can join him I'd need like a 300 point <laughs> week to get in there so <laughs> There's more chance of you two getting close. But we'll, I'll, I'll try getting the top million, is that alright? <laughs> um, but yeah, was there anything else we wanted to touch on on the fixtures coming up? Anything else we wanted to know? I guess maybe just on, on captaincy, there's there's an yeah, outside show. Like, obviously, everyone, everyone's going to go Salah, and that's just the way it is at the moment. Mm-hmm. But the, the fact, and maybe it's just the sort of recency of it, but the fact that you, you've mentioned about both fullbacks for Chelsea um, yeah. missing out to today's game. That does just put it in the back of my mind of whether or not I want to try and captain James. But again, I'm, I think that, that there may be an aspect of chasing points and the fact that he did so well last week. Is he really likely to do anything like that again? I don't know. Um, I, I think the closest I'm going to be, I'm going to be sort of dare to do is put him as vice captain and keep Salah captain. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely going to be on my mind and, and I'm going to think about it, but it does feel a little bit like this week. There's there's more, like obviously last week it was just a, a very obvious captain to go with Salah, but yeah. I think this week it's more, there is a slight potential of looking elsewhere, particularly with those rests to those Chelsea fullbacks. And that's what sometimes the European football can actually be really helpful in, in predicting some lineups. If you see, you know, players that you know are regular starters being benched and, and having that rest that kind of guarantees you so that does help a little bit but yeah I think ultimately I'm going to chicken out and just go to Salah anyway but it's just a yeah food for thought anyway yeah I feel like between now and like maybe the African Cup of Nations this is probably one of the hardest fixtures Liverpool have so if you were going to captain someone else it's not a bad bet but obviously we've seen the extremes like two weeks ago where it can go badly against you because obviously West Ham are a good side but there's no Nothing saying that Liverpool couldn't easily win that game and score quite a few goals. It could even be like a three-three. So yeah. it's very. I think if that hadn't happened two weeks ago, a lot less people would. And obviously, if Salah's not on the formula, he's on. There'll be a lot more differential captains. But I feel like eighty or so percent of players will definitely go in on Salah. There'll be 
more differential than there were last week, but there would just be that fear factor still there, wouldn't it? Yeah, you have to pay me there for getting the captaincy entirely. I was wary that we we scheduled a space for um, half nine, so it was distracting me. Um, would you agree with that, Sam? About Salah, would you, is your armband going to be on Salah? Oh, 100 percent. I don't think there's any option um, but to give it to Salah. And actually, um, when you're at the top of the league, and that doesn't mean that as a brag, even though it's very, very arrogant. <laughs> Protecting. But it, it, is, it is just genuinely a, a sincere advantage to have that position. And, and I've gone for the vice captain of Chilwell um, this week, as you know, mm. um, Charlie was talking about uh, vice captaining uh, James. But the problem is, it, it, Salah's just going to have my armband now indefinitely until the uh, Africa Cup of Nations situation gets sorted out yeah. um, or we get any more clarity on that. And that really puts pressure back on everyone else, really, because if Salah performs and they don't have him with the armband, then it's going to be, um, you know, just a growing gap. Um, and that's that's one of the most underrated power moves in FPL, I think, is if you just know someone's... If, if someone's one point ahead or 40 points ahead, it doesn't really matter as long as they're ahead. You kind of feel like you almost need to... You, well, Charlie's in a position now where he doesn't really need to take the risk of, of captaining James and it backfiring. Maybe if there was five game weeks to go or something and he needed to make up 20 points. Or if I needed to make up 20 points with five game weeks to go or something, then I'd think about, you know, Reese James might be a decent shout for a captain captain option. Yeah. Um, but for now, I see no reason not to captain Salah. And in terms of the the long run, um, it might just be smart to cover off that base and then sort of look to pick up your, your differential points elsewhere throughout your team, really. Yeah, I think it's the fact on the ownership as well, isn't it? Because you know everyone's going to be captain him. Yeah. And he's now 71% owned. So the damage he does to you if you don't captain him, like you can have him in your team and still get serious damage because everyone's captained him. I think it was 199% ELO at the weekend, which is just ridiculous. Mm. It's probably one of the highest ever outside of a double or um, triple game week. So that's the scary part. And obviously we've been burnt in the past. I think, yeah, the only fixture that would tempt me would be that Chelsea fixture. But the fact that the only Chelsea player I have is Havertz, and we've been there before, I don't think that's going to happen. If you really wanted a differential, then you could look at one of the Brentford boys at home to Norwich. Um, Tony or Mbwemo maybe or maybe even like maybe even Pinnock as a fullback yeah. um, but you know I, I don't I wouldn't advocate captaining anyone other than Salah um, who likes scoring at West Ham away um, and just likes scoring in general really so uh, seems a sensible pick yeah I think that Burnley results put a bit of doubt in there about Brentford so I don't think yeah, there's doubt about Brentford there, yeah. perhaps yeah but there's certainty about how bad Norwich are so, uh, yeah. yeah. That's always a guarantee. Well, then they lost by one goal to Leeds, but obviously Leeds are doing tragic pretty much as yeah. well. Yeah, just Rafinha yeah. at the minute isn't carrying them. Yeah, literally. But yeah, it looks like it's going to be Salah all round again. But yeah, apologies. Nearly missing out the captain see debate there. But well, in fairness, it might not even become much of a long section at the minute because it's a Salah most weeks at this point, especially when they've got an easier fixture. So did that cover everything you wanted to mention about the fixtures guys yeah definitely yeah yeah and then the, the update to sign off the podcast is united are still losing 
going into the final 10 minutes. So we're not going to stick around to cry the last 10 minutes. <laughs> and Come we... join us on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to go over to yeah, cry on Twitter instead. So <laughs> uh, we're going to do our first it's, Twitter. It's so dangerous. You're leaving the safety of the pod. <laughs> yeah. Step out in the jungle of Twitter. <laughs> That's probably worse. We should just stay on here for another hour and just avoid the um, space. We could be some toxic yeah. Man United fans, but we'll see. As Sam just mentioned, we're going to do our first Twitter space. So basically, you can come along. We're going to try and make it a standard thing after the podcast. We normally record the podcast midweek around 8 o'clock, and then we're going to try have... It's normally a Tuesday or Wednesday we have the podcast, so try and do a Twitter space from around 9.30. If you want to check that out, join in the conversation, you can ask any questions in there. So that would be good if you want to come on along to that. Just check out the Twitter, which will be in the description, and if you're in the Twitch chat, you can put it in the command as well. So we are going to go over to there as soon as we're slightly late, but everyone's probably watching Champions League anyway, so I don't think it'd be the biggest issue. But thank you, Charlie and Sam again. And I think we're probably going to do a pod within the international boat we've discussed. It might be a bit of a season review so far, but we will be back next week, even though it is the international break. So we will see you for episode 11, where hopefully we can separate these two guys in a quiz because it's just becoming ridiculous, isn't it? But thank you everyone for listening and we will see you on the next one. Have a good rest of your evening.